Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. Ladies, you are at home with Kelly and Tiffany. Are you at home? Are you feeling at home in your body? Are you at your actual house right now listening to this? Are you in your car? We couldn't call it in your car with Kelly Into your car with Kelly and Tiffany. Except don't you think that's where most people listen to podcasts? I mean, that's where I listen to most of my podcasts. In the car. On 1.25 speed. Yeah. Well, some people, I can get up to 1.75. Yes. There are, there are a couple. There's a couple that if I sped them up, I would barf. Yep. I'd run into a tree while I'm driving. <laughs> yes. One thing that's really funny that my kids and I like to do, and we do this on oh. Audible books too. I know what it's going to be because we do it too. <laughs> we slow it down to half speed. Oh, it's great because everybody sounds like they're like, oh, yeah. Sleepy. It's great. Yeah. And we just have a really good laugh. But then productively, I am undone and I'm like, we got to get back up to. To make up the time for the fun we had. <laughs> My poor kid. (laughs) Double it up. That is just, that is my parenting in a nutshell. (laughs) Let me be cool for a second, but you'll pay for it. Womp womp. Oh, they're happy children. They're pretty, they're pretty, they're doing okay. They're fine. I love this topic. I do too, because most people don't talk about it. Yeah. And when people talk about it, women, when women talk about it, they are terrified. Yes, absolutely. Of everything that surrounds this. So I'm so excited to shed some light on it again today. Before we do that, I have to share one of my favorite books that I'm reading right now. It is somewhat off topic, but I think our listeners are going to love it. I actually haven't heard it, so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, you will. Yep. It's called Welcome Home by an author, Michaelin Smith. And She's the author of Cozy Minimalist. I think oh, I bought you, you that book. book. It was like a little housewarming gift. It was very sweet. Yeah, she just has like a really easy, practical, cozy, yes. but like organized way of creating spaces and homes. Yeah. And so I really love it. But she had this welcome home book she has is all about embracing holidays and seasons and not just the holidays, but all all of them. And so that's sweet. Yeah. And so it's all of her perspectives. Of course, now I'm reading the Christmas winter section, right? Just to refresh on some of the things that we want to do in our home. But it's all about keeping that spirit of that that time and space in the season reflective without being like overly consumered by it. And I feel like at Christmas time, we just have such a tendency to drop all these other intentional meaningful thing yeah we practiced all year long and suddenly we're in this crazy little version of ourselves that's like yeah. we don't even mean to be that way especially after like fall where you're like just feeling a little more intentional and then you're like well that's done <laughs> cyber christmas no more yeah. gratitude yeah no more daily right. gratitude <laughs> right we will be putting all the trap up, up for that fun we had fall <laughs> we need to get back on track yeah. kids. <laughs> Okay, so like I'm reading this part in the book when I was around the time I was creating the notes for this 
episode and there's just a little chunk I wanted to share because she talks about boundaries around this time and I was like oh that's good we love boundaries (laughs) so the the principles that she's saying is like what are the five senses that you want to bring in your home it doesn't Mm. have to be tinsel and yes 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 45 nativity scenes right right that's not going to create the spirit of this time what's like the heart yes i like it and so going through the five senses also like winterizing versus christmatizing Mm -hmm. even though christmas is a beautiful holiday that is probably one of my favorite our family's favorite to celebrate but probably probably it's my favorite it is absolutely my favorite holiday i don't know if my whole family okay. would say that it's also their favorite, but yeah, it's pretty close. Okay, we know it's yours. Come November first, we're driving home on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, Christmas time. It's time. <laughs> Love Thanksgiving. Get your. It's Christmas season, though. Get your Halloween garbage out of my life to make up for the fun we have. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we could do with your Halloween candy? We could. Put it some in, cookies. Yes. <laughs> Christmas, we can put it in your stockings. It'll be fine. Okay, so that's okay. what Michael Lynn says. One last word about boundaries. So you know that there was a whole lot she said yeah. about boundaries before that. We probably all have that certain something we want to make sure gets displayed, whether it's a vintage Christmas photo, the nativity set your grandmother gave you, handmade stockings, or Christmas village collection. And most of us have something that once it's out and displayed, it is officially feeling like Christmas. You can relate. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Cozy minimalists, that's what her followers are called, cozy minimalists, are allowed to have collections too. We just understand that the difference between a collection and a hoard is boundaries. So instead of buying every house for the Christmas village forever, we can set a boundary. And we already have too many villages, village houses to fit. We let some go. If you love your Christmas village collection, but it's getting out of hand, boss it around by setting some limits. Maybe allow only what will fill the top of the piano or nothing more. When you pick the surface first, the boundaries are automatic. Mm, That's like, like a good word life about like the surface, picking that like foundation first. Everything has to flow from that. And so I just started That's thinking beautiful. like, okay, that she's talking about home decorating. Right. It's pretty low on the uh, yes. list of things we need to like care truly yeah, yeah. amply about. But what a concept for other things yeah. as other parts of our world in this season start to feel out of control. Yes. You go back to what is the surface. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah what yeah, surface does this belong in? Yeah. This is the container that it is allowed for. And... I can boss these pieces around, whether it's your diet or exercise Mm. or social life or the things that you enjoy, like reading for pleasure or right, like all of those things can kind of get out of a balance this time of year. And so, yeah, and they're just a reminder that you have control over those things. Yeah, yeah, it's good. All right, I needed that reminder. Yeah, thank you. I shared that. I needed to hear that multiple times this week apparently i think our listeners will too i'll link the i'll link the yeah. book in the show notes for you so those of you who are like get me some of those cozy yeah. minimalist stuff. i haven't read this welcome home one but the cozy minimalist book that you gave me was stellar i loved it yeah it was really great so i gave it as a gift all righty kelly who makes the decision about what happens in your vagina well first of all me and only me <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I think, I think that's one of the most important things that we 
preface this episode with is who gets to decide what happens in your vagina? That you are the owner of your vagina and you get to say yes or no. That makes perfect sense in every other place that you bring your vagina throughout your life. Oh, yeah. Everybody's like, oh, of course. Of course. And then we have labor and birth. And all of a sudden, we're like, well, maybe you know what's best for my vagina. You can you can touch it and be inside of it without sharing with me what you're doing or should be done. Right. Or even just the idea of saying no seems so foreign, right? Like <laughs> the ability to be like, actually, I'm declining that. If you were to do that in any other situation in life, people would be like, yes, of course. Yes. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about my suggestion for what I want to do in your vagina right now? Huh. Huh. Right. Yeah. And so I think that there's a ton of fear around tearing in birth because there's also a lot of fear about so many things, but that it's going to hurt, that the recovery is going to be terrible, that your body's going to be ruined. Yeah. And honestly, I hear so often from clients who are like, I just really don't want to tear because they feel like that's going to be so much. They're going to literally feel themselves tearing. Sure. Rather than birthing their baby. I'm certain that there have been people who have felt that. But the majority of people who tear or don't tear are like, what's happening? Uh, You have a baby coming through. So that's just a lot happening. Right. Yeah. Like many sensations. Yes. Whether the tissue gives or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think women build this up to be a bigger thing than it needs to be, number one. In terms of, like, the reality yeah. of it. Yeah. Yes. It's important to care about what happens in your vagina. Of course. But the fear yes. of what could happen, I yes. think, sometimes gets blown out of proportion. But it's all because we're lacking information and communication about this particular thing. Mm-hmm. And so women only know, like, if they tore and how many stitches they got after birth. Yeah. And they don't have an idea of, was that truly needed? Were there alternatives? What kind of tear was it? About what location? What are the parameters for healing and stuff? So I think when we start to talk about these things and say, it's okay for you to care and want to have details about things that are happening in your vagina. Yep. That's what we're here to provide today. There's absolutely three things that you can do ahead of time yes to kind of prepare yourself to be more informed yeah so we did an entire episode episode 82 all about perennial support and tearing in birth and we talk about some actual tangible pieces this is a bit more of like actually prep for supporting beforehand in particular because that fear is such a thing So the first thing is about mental preparation, and that's a bit of what we're chatting about here, right? It's like making an effort to actually learn and understand the physiological process of the normal functioning of birth. Understanding that piece can impact your entire experience, labor, pushing, birthing your baby, all of that good stuff. So your vagina, your perineum, they are meant to stretch. They're meant to sometimes, believe it or not, they're meant to sometimes give way for the baby to come out. And so even though it's meant to potentially give way sometimes, it's also very meant to come back together. The vagina is a very forgiving place 
It likes to kind of hunker down with its old little buddy of the other side of the mucous membranes, come back together and give each other a warm hug. That's what it's meant to, to do. It's meant to come back together. So you can prepare by educating yourself and learning about those pieces, but you can prepare with your birth team also about some of those sensations, some of those coping tools that you may need or want or be given during the second stage of labor, which is the pushing phase. The second tip for preparing is to emotionally prepare. Pay attention to your feelings around the possibility of tearing at birth. Are you afraid of it? And then why? Has somebody else's story terrified you? Probably. Mm -hmm. We are absolutely the worst at doing that to each other. Are you secretly hoping to boast about how little stitches you needed? Do you want to have a natural birth and you think you can handle all of it except for the very end if you tear? Are you feeling pressure to bounce back or worried that your sex life will change? Most of the time that fear is out of proportion to what is actually going to physically happen. And so being able to talk about that out loud, to admit it, to discuss it with the people that matter, your partner, you know, your your best friend, your birth team would be advantageous. Absolutely. And then there's physical preparation. So many of you have probably heard about doing perineal massage. We're not, this is not necessarily in advocating for that, (laughs) even though we're talking about physical preparation. It may not really be the answer for everyone. It can actually do more harm than good and can actually help encourage more tearing to happen in some situations. What is the answer, like, for everybody is this physical preparation of excellent nutrition during pregnancy, adequate hydration during pregnancy, regular exercise during pregnancy. Those lifestyle pieces really impact what your tissue is doing in every part of your body, including this really sensitive space, right? And so it's really, really valuable to have the freedom to move intuitively during labor, Listen to your body. That's that encouragement to listen to what does my body need? Where am I instinctually moving? Listen to your own body's cues for pushing. Being told where to be and how to push can potentially only increase the body's desire to be like, this is not what I actually want to do. And so the tissue often gives way more readily in those situations. Also, women who birth in the water, so actually preparing for water birth, has have a decreased chance of tearing. And whether that is the actual water or just this little cocoon that's created around mom that keeps people's fingers out of her vagina, which we lovingly call vaginal meddling. (laughs) She don't need to meddle inside the vagina, right? And so that's a huge preparation factor to kind of keep in mind as you enter into this season. Yeah. And thinking about if those are pieces that you desire and if this topic or this part of your birth is important, how will you utilize your choice and your planning in order to have care providers and an environment where you are free and encouraged and rooted in having these things available, being able to move freely, being able to utilize water, keeping people's fingers out of your vagina, etc. There's a little bit more info on that, like massage and all of that stuff in that episode that I mentioned, episode 82, in case you're like, oh, that's an interesting topic. There's a deep dive in there for you. It is deep. It is vaginal deep. 
lots of meddling in that one. (laughs) Okay, but we're going to jump forward to repair and recovery. Yes. And give you guys some tools and insight for those things today. Yeah. And again, this is a really fascinating part of the conversation because a lot of our clients and when we actually like start to talk about this, we talk about it prenatally. But then if there is something that comes up at the birth, it's so empowering for women to be given the correct information, to feel okay and comfortable asking the questions, and to actually tell us what their personal preference is. And we can encourage that. (laughs) Very simple, but really a powerful piece of healing. Okay, so as women will like come into our practice who have had births with others or as women are processing birth stories that they've heard, Mm -hmm. there's this concept of, well, I only needed a couple of stitches or she said she only needed two stitches. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that that will be me too. That's an interesting concept of if you only needed a couple stitches, which would mean they're not like. They're usually not separate little stitches. It's just like how we're actually bringing tissue together. If you just needed a couple of those put in to bring some of that tissue together, what I just was talking about is how much that vaginal tissue inside really wants to come back together. It wants to approximate. It wants to heal. And so when people say that, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. But in my head, I'm like, well, did you actually really need that then? Potentially, are we introducing something that wasn't actually needed in yeah. story. And so, like, why would somebody ever want to decline or be offered the option right. to not repair? Right? Because you're like, if there's a potential for that to need something, then why not just do it? But what we have found, and what not just us, but midwives especially have found, is that when there's just a, we're not talking about deep tears or anything like that, that we're actually introducing more trauma to the healthy tissue right around by utilizing, let us insert some lidocaine, let's bring our suture material into the vagina, whereas natural healing on its own may be more comfortable and more advantageous in some ways. Yeah, so some women have fear of just the discomfort of the repair itself. A lot of women have a history of an uncomfortable repair. Mm -hmm. And so that's something to keep in mind, your comfort. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, there's just a procedure that needs to happen. It doesn't matter if it's uncomfortable or not. Like, we just need to figure out how to do it. But what we're saying is there is a possibility that you can heal not just as good, but maybe even better if you don't have these extra punctures from needles and having that foreign suture material inside your body. So if you need that tissue brought together with the suture material and you Mm -hmm. need help keeping it together so that it can heal well, then it's really doing its job. But if we're bringing it together in a way that it was going to come together well on its own, then we've turned it into a procedure with medication and foreign material in the body. And there's mixed evidence on whether first-degree repairs are actually necessary. Yeah. And I think that's at the end of the day is where informed consent comes in. And this is how we manage it with our clients is like, here's what we're seeing. Now, of course, if there was like some deep muscle involved or something, we'd be like, here's our recommendation. Still, you have absolutely the ability to say no thank you, whether that is our clinical recommendation or not. But 
we often are like, okay, well, here's what we're seeing. We could do this. We could help encourage it to come back together. But also, what is your personal preference? What is your postpartum planning looking like? How well are you able to actually rest and heal to help encourage all of those things come back together naturally on their own? And so we kind of walk through, like, what are some of these pros that to actually repairing this? And what are some of the cons? And it's a shared decision-making experience. Yeah. So first degree is just the superficial slash like skin tissue is involved. So like mm-hmm. Kelly said, deep muscle involvement or really any muscle involvement, yeah. we do have evidence that bringing that back together with suture material can create better outcomes, usually creates better outcomes for women. But most tears are first degree tears. Most tears that happen are only first degree. So the reason that you would want to choose this or be considering should should this be an option for you is, is the tear in a place or in some way that it's going to create some disfigurement? Is your vulva going to look differently when it heals because this one piece is kind of like hanging in a different way? Some women care about this a lot. Yeah. And there have been a couple of women who were like, I don't care at all what that looks like down there. And I'm like, that's very fascinating. <laughs> but good for you. Yep. No cares. Yeah. And that's acceptable. Yep. Um, is your vagina going to function the same way? Mm-hmm. Something about the way that it might heal going to keep you from enjoying sex or pretty yeah. much sex, enjoying sex? Yeah. Is the tissue coming together well on its own? Yes. So we'll have moms sometimes who literally are like their legs are butterflied out. Right. And in order to actually see the full extent of the tears, we have to really pull the tissue apart. And so it's already sitting there with legs wide open, approximated perfectly. And so that comes into play as we explain that to clients. Yeah. And then how well are you going to be able to rest? Mm -hmm. Some women have it very deeply rooted into their postpartum plan to have a lot of help around with the kids. But if you have a two-story house and your husband's going back to work the next day and your mother-in-law is not flying in and no one's picking up the older children and you're going to be up and down the stairs and on your feet taking care of your family, you will not be getting adequate postpartum rest. But then you are definitely not a candidate for someone who's going to naturally heal well by keeping that tissue together during rest. Yes, absolutely. I will say also, we've had a lot of moms who have declined this first degree repair who have in previous pregnancies had repairs done who say that they feel like in contrast, their healing was easier without it. Absolutely. And with that good planning in place. Yeah. yeah. I would say that the number one thing that is going to help your perineum heal the best, no matter whether you choose sutures or not, is adequate rest. Absolutely. And so you can just put that in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. There's no amount of suture that can hold tissue together if you're moving it around all the time. Yep. Boom. Well, there probably is an amount. Yeah. It just wouldn't be right. That's a little excessive. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Suture in your yeah. <laughs> okay, let's hop into recovery. How do you recover well from perennial tearing, whether it's been repaired or not? Yeah. So obviously, this is with that entire idea of rest, 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 nourish your body well, hydrate, all of that stuff. All of that is just a given in this part of the conversation. But no matter where you birth, you will have access to a peri bottle. You can get one from the hospital. It comes, you know, with your midwife home birth kit stuff. Or you can grab one on Amazon. They have the really cool one that you can have, like, upside down. Oh, yeah, the Freedom on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of great because yeah. you don't need to, like, get into a weird position to make it squirt in the right 
place. But using a peri bottle during urination and during bowel movements is going to really help ease discomfort. It's going to clean the area well. It's going to make sure that if there's any tearing that's up near the urethra that kind of decreases stinging postpartum too. And so what we say is really make sure that afterwards you're just patting dry. You're not going to want to actually really wipe. But patting the area dry is usually most comfortable and just not allowing so much moisture to stay in there and then right be on the pad and have more blood come out. So keeping the area as uh, quote dry, I guess, afterwards as you can. Yeah. And this is also a great time to bring in the concept of herbal help or yeah. frozen pad help. What we like to do is allow for there to be cool on that inflamed tissue for 24 hours and then pull all of that cool off and let the heat bring all the circulation in order to help that healing process get started. We sell this packaged herb, postpartum sits herbs in our shop right now. And so you can go grab a package of those or many places all over the internet mm -hmm. can help you find something that you can use that will speed up healing. And so you can create this postpartum tea, put it in your peri bottle so you're not just squirting with plain water, but some medicinal herbal properties will help be there. But then you can also utilize frozen pads and just take maternity pads and either put aloe and witch hazel or just even water or some of this postpartum sits herb tea on there and freeze it. And then you have something that will just conveniently fit right inside of your underwear and between your legs that you can apply like some cold compress to decrease swelling and inflammation. That's good. Similar to witch hazel, tux pads also can be really helpful up against any sutures that you may have. Also helpful for hemorrhoids as well. But in terms of actual repair, whether against sutures or against some of that tissue, that can feel really nice. You can just put that on top of any of the pads that you're using. Yeah. And tucks are basically just pads soaked with witch hazel. Yeah. So it is like the perfect lazy mama's way of just getting something up against there that you don't have to go brewing. A little note. Also, there's different types of witch hazel. Oh, word. Yes. Some, some of them have alcohol in them. You're not going to want to squirt that up on that really sensitive torn tissue. Yeah. Be certain that you look at the ingredient percent and make sure we made this mistake one time. It wasn't us. A client of ours bought a product one time with alcohol inside her witch hazel and applied it to herself right after she had a baby. And it was horrendous. It made me want to cry. Mm -hmm. It was not enjoyable. We sorted it out. Yes, figured it out. Got her comfortable again. Yes. And then we warned the other. Yes. <laughs> yep. So many people use witch hazel as like an astringent for their face. Yes, yes, yes. So I can see how that product has Absolutely. made it out there into people's hands. But yeah, put that in your back pocket. Something else that doesn't get talked about quite often enough is how doing Kegels can help start to wake up the muscles down there and bring mm -hmm. some more circulation, which of course helps with healing. Yes. Absolutely. It's not going to feel intuitive to like be doing some Kegel. That's why we have to encourage you to do it. Yes, absolutely. One of the other things that can help with all of this too, as we talk about herbs and encouraging circulation is one of our favorite topics, vaginal steaming. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can begin that vaginal steam protocol for postpartum 
48 hours after you have your baby, that's when it's safe to yes jump into that postpartum steaming process. So tearing or not, vaginal steaming is wonderful, but especially if your perineum yeah. is needing a repair or healing of some kind, if you, even if you didn't get a repair, this is an incredible way to help bring a ton of circulation, a ton of healing herbal properties to the area. Yeah, you guys have some options. You do. Steaming, the, the um, postpartum sits herbs, those mm-hmm. are great ways to get some natural things on your body that go a really long way for healing. We'll link both of those in our show notes so you can take a peek at the options that we have in our store. Yep. And as a side note, we are discontinuing our offering of herbs on our store. It's kind of a sad thing, but you've listened to our podcast before and our emphasis on laying down good things and picking up things that may be better in a certain season. And that is the boundary that we have created for ourselves here. (laughs) There's no surface for There's no sir. Creating those types of products anymore. We love the products. We can help you create products of your own or point you towards other people eventually. But as of right now, we do have herbs. You can check our store, see if they're still available. We will not be restocking them. So if this sounds like something that you would love to have in an upcoming postpartum time, run there and grab some. Tell all your friends. Run. Run. Run, run, run. Oh, you guys. So this is a normal life event. Birth and postpartum. Normal. Very normal. It is It is normal for your tissue to give way. And it is even more normal for that tissue to come back together. I normal. hope a couple of things that we shared today kind of helped to like emphasize the normality of it, but how you can embrace and support the type of healing that is meant to go on. Yeah, at this time. I love getting this info out there to y'all. But hope you have a great week. We will catch you next week. And keep us posted on how your postpartum healing is going. Yeah, for sure. Keep in touch, you guys, about that. We would love to hear if anything we shared in this episode changed something about yes. the way that you did your postpartum planning. For sure. All right. Bye. Bye.